Welcome to Fear Less, an audio series designed to help you take action towards letting go of your eating disorder. My name is Jessica Flint, and I'll be your guide to helping you embody the recovered version of yourself. Like every human being ever to walk this planet, you and I are not immune to fear. It is biologically programmed into our brains. At the same time, I'm committed to not letting fear control my destiny and want you to have the same freedom. Every time we choose courage over fear, we grow stronger and receive what we desire most in regards to our recovery, our health, love, wealth, and impact in the world. In order to fully let go of your eating disorder and whatever is holding you back in life, you need to learn how to alchemize fear into courage. So let's lock arms and do this work together. Welcome back, my warrior loves. Today, we're going to talk about why we self-sabotage and common inner barriers and blocks to success. And along for this fearless journey is my co-pilot, Andrea Wells, the new host of Recover Strong. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, Jessica. Lovely to be here again. Yeah, Andrea, have you, this idea of self-sabotage, is this something that came up for you in your recovery? Was this something you identify as like you would self-sabotage when things started to get better or you started to see like you're on path and then you would all of a sudden just do something to throw yourself back to definitely into the you know the eating disorder <laughs> yeah well the age old line is that recovery is not linear i definitely felt like as i was trying to recover from like a binge restrict cycle feeling like i'm binging again i'm going back into the cycle i'm like i'm giving up i'm done trying let's just go back into it like that helped, happened a lot and i'd beat myself up for that be like why am i self sabotaging i've made progress and with hindsight i can see well it's not linear it takes time and sometimes i had to have those setbacks too to learn things to make more progress and move forward in the long run but yeah at times it's like why did i do that and I didn't have to do that. I know better, but I'm going back into it. And I think maybe it was just like the eating disorder is so familiar. Recovery is new. You're doing new things. So in a weird way for me, maybe it was just like a sense of safety and familiarity. Yeah. It's fascinating how like these emotions that we don't necessarily love like having, you know, when you think about like a relapse or like when you like, but they can be the, like you said, familiar and they can feel in some ways safe because they're what you know, but they're not where you're thriving or really like being your living your most the highest quality life you can. Recovery is hard. And some days it's like, it feels easier to just go back into the the destructive behaviors than to do the hard work of recovery. Cause it's, it's, t- and sometimes I just felt tired and it was just easier to give in. And, mm. and that was the way that I would self-sabotage, self-sabotage and beat myself up over that too. And yeah, I'm sure a lot of people relate <laughs> to the cycle. Totally. And the relief can come, right? When you engage in destructive behaviors, there can be some relief, immediate relief, right? And if we aren't patient with the process, we can want that, like immediate relief or a way to self-soothe that is familiar, starting to find new ways to self-soothe or to regulate your nervous system, uh, self-regulate. Can These all can you know, take time and energy. And here I am doing this completely new thing <laughs> that feels so foreign to me when I could just get immediate like relief and go into what I know, what is familiar, not the the wild unknown, right? And some, when you're tired, it just feels easier in the moment sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But is it worth it in the long run is the is the question. Yeah. I always like to ask like what would happen if I don't do this? And so sometimes I like what would happen if I do this, right? Okay, okay, if I eat this, what will happen? But like what will happen in, in terms of like a binge, right? Like if I if I start to go into a binge, what will happen if I eat this? But what will happen if I don't do this? That's another just question to kind of ask. Like what would I have to to do? What would I do in this moment if I don't do this? Or what would happen with my life if I chose to make a different different decision at this decision fork? What would happen if I I chose a different decision? And when we're we do like they, they, you know they talk about in neurobiology how we have these these wirings and we have these neural pathways in our brain that get so well worn and wired and it, it does take a lot of energy at that mo- moment in time to say I'm gonna go down this pathway that is completely like overgrown and barely ever has been trotted down. And that that does require more energy. That does require more effort. Now, this lesson talks about this concept of an inner thermostat, which I think is such a helpful metaphor. And this, this idea that we all have this inner thermostat setting and it determines how much love we can have, we can allow ourselves to have how much success, and we can unpack more around this word of success because it's, you know, we all have our own inner definition of it and it's important to have your own definition of success and how much creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. So really like how much quality of life essentially do you allow yourself to enjoy? And when this concept is that when we exceed our inner thermostat setting, so it gets programmed in our childhood Generally, it's this idea in our childhood that this is where we feel comfortable at this setting, the thermostat meaning uh, temperature setting. And when we exceed that temperature, we often do something to sabotage ourselves. And this drops us back into that familiar zone that we feel secure in and around, and it brings the temperature down. So if you think about a thermostat in your house, it's programmed, let's say, to 70 degrees. And if it starts to get a little hotter, like 71, 72, 73, and your inner thermostat will kick on and the air conditioning will come on to bring it back to 70. So you can think about things in your life and 70 is where you feel safe. 70 may not be full recovery for you. 70 may be I'm living with an eating disorder at 70. But as you start to expand your comfort zone and break out of this and things get hotter and hotter, then it drops back down. Andrew, have you ever found like, when I found this? Uh, and this comes from a book called *The Big Leap*. When I when I, you know, was able to hear about this concept, it made so much sense that like we do get afraid when things get hotter. It starts to be like, oh, like this is like getting a little uncomfortable here. Like I want to go back to what I know, what what I'm comfortable with, and so it's about letting yourself acclimate to these higher temperatures, and you know, get get used to that that feeling so that becomes your new normal. It's all about like distress tolerance, opening your your window of tolerance of what you can handle. And it happens over time and, and it can be done. I can definitely look back and see that my my temperature range has been widened by a lot. <laughs> and I remember those moments of like, oh God, no, get me back in my my comfort range here. This temperature is a little too high or a little too low. And what I love about this metaphor too is that it shows that you can increase like you can get there. We're not, I mean, don't take this too literally. Somebody's like, I don't like hot temperatures. Like, okay, whatever, like use whatever temperature, you know, I mean, I live in Austin, Texas, which like we literally had like 
two months straight of like 102 to 404. Like it was crazy hot, right? I actually did become acclimated. It wasn't like my happy place, but I was able to acclimate to an extremely hot temperature. I make do around it. Oh my God. As someone who grew up in Canada and now I live in North Carolina, I'm li- I literally see that. Like, <laughs> it's, like we're, it's like fall now and it's cooling down and I'm like, brr, I'm cold outside. And then I'm like, when I look back in Canada, I'd be like wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Like, damn, it's warm out. Like, it changed like it it changes too literally with temperature and it's a good metaphor for recovery as well. Yeah. So dear listener, take that metaphor in and really think about okay, how can you increase your temperature? Your allow yourself to, you know, kick up that so the thermostat doesn't come in and kick in the second you start to break into these higher temperatures. And let's think about these higher temperatures as you really expanding out outside of your comfort zone, right? These are when you're starting to do things that are outside of the eating disorder. You're breaking the rules. You're pushing past these internal beliefs that hold you back and limit you, right? You start to do these things and you start to feel what that's like. And how can you make that your new normal so we aren't always just going back into the old temperature range? We're actually making our new temperature range happen and setting that, creating a new thermostat setting for our lives. So- uh, Andrea, but I'm curious to see how, because this show is pretty heavy in the word success, right? Sabotage is often we sabotage our success, you know, in the terms of like, I was on a path to success and then I self-sabotaged. What is your definition of success, Andrea? Yeah, these days, it's pretty different from what I would consider to be the conve- conventional definition of success. Like I think in Western society, a lot of success is considered to be how much money do you have? What kind of job do you have? Like, what kind of clothes do you wear? Car, like, there's a lot of like superficial stuff related to really just like capitalism and consumerist stuff that defines your success. And I used to really live by that. Like, that's how I define my success. And in the years as I've recovered from eating disorder, trauma, OCD, I have learned that I got to have a different definition of of success than that because it was actually not setting me up for a successful life to live by those things to like have the best job and work the most hours and have the smallest body or try to have the smallest body. Like it just, it just doesn't work for me. So this has been a long time of redefining success, but I'm now at a point where I consider success to be, it's just really simple. It's just being kind to others and myself and doing the best I can. And my best is going to look different every day and just being a good human. Like that's really all it is to me at the core of it. All the other extra crap, it, it doesn't matter. I just try to make a good life for me and the people around me and follow, you know, where my soul leads me, what calls to me, live the best life I can. And it's just more of like a feeling than anything external these days. I guess you could say that that's success for me. Ooh, I love it. It's like a state of being kind of like, yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. I, in this lesson, I shared my uh, definition of success. And I, I think it's something that can be like, it is something that can evolve. Like you can think about it in new ways. And I still identified with what I said, but I believe now it's simpler. Like how you're kind of saying, like just getting even more simpler. It's like for me, success is freedom. Like that's pretty clear. It's just freedom. And freedom to me is where show me anywhere that I'm not like fear shows me everywhere that I'm not free. So everywhere that fear dictates my choices, fear dictates how I show up in the world, that shows where I'm not free. So to me, freedom's being able to truly, and that's why I love doing this fearless with everybody and like helping us look at like how fear holds us back. So 
For me, it's just freedom to be my authentic self, freedom to express myself in the world without fear, freedom to love without knowing how it's going to turn out, right? Like all these things is just freedom to be in the moment, the 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 most joyful version of myself or the most alive version of myself. Because that often can be not just joy, it can be where I'm experiencing pain, but just allowing that that to to be like, to feel alive. Like I love just being able to to have that. And that that to me is um, success is, yeah, being all of me, all of it. That's perfect. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking it all in. Yeah. Taking it all in. All right. Well, uh, let's get into this lesson now here where you guys can dive deeper into self-sabotage and just ways that a fear of success can show up in your life. In our lesson today, we are going to explore the fear of success. Now, for many people that can be like, wait, success? Like, why would I be afraid of success? Because often we hear the idea of like, I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of failure, fear of failure. However, I've come to see over the years, over the past 10 years of helping people overcome an eating disorder, which is really wound around, you know, being successful in overcoming an eating disorder. I found there's actually less of a fear of failure that held people back and more of a fear of success or actually letting themselves have success in their lives. So I think this is actually more important to investigate the fear of success than the fear of failure. There can actually be shame around success, believing that if you are to be successful that you will lose love and belonging. This could be separation from your family, your friends, your coworkers. Maybe you think that you'll get extra responsibilities and life will become more of a burden or more visibility, which could be unsafe. And often, you know, and culturally we've heard, well, the the higher you climb, the further you fall. So this idea of, well, if I stay close to the ground, then I don't have to fall hard. Now, one of my absolute favorite books that helped me really understand this concept and to see the way that success is actually a very hidden fear is the book called The Big Leap, Conquer Your Hidden Fear and Take Life to the Next Level by Gay Hendricks. Now in this book, the author coins the concept of an upper limit, which Gay Hendricks defines as, quote, each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Unfortunately, our thermostat setting usually gets programmed early in childhood, before we think for ourselves. Once programmed, our upper limit thermostat setting holds us back from enjoying all the love, financial abundance, and creativity that is rightfully ours, end quote. I absolutely love this idea of a thermostat setting. Now think about if you have a thermostat setting program to 70 degrees, and if it starts to get a little bit hotter, oh, we're getting to 71, two, oh, four, five, the air conditioning will come on and try to bring it back down bring it back down to 70. 
So this can happen when we're starting to feel that we're reaching out of our comfort zone and finding more success and we're actually saying, F you fear, I can do this. And then we start to see, hey, I'm doing it. Oh, look at me, I'm doing it. Whoa, oh, whoa. I'm gonna go back to 70 degrees because that is where I felt safe. That is where I felt secure. Doesn't mean that's where I was happy. It doesn't mean that's where I was thriving. It doesn't mean that that's where I'm seeing the most success. In the end, failure can actually be comforting to go back and fail, to go back into that 70 degrees. Sure, there will be disappointment and beat yourself up and all of that, but that actually, if that has been your modus operandi, that has been your MO, then that actually feels comforting to go back into that state. The whole goal is to train ourselves to actually allow our upper limit to increase, to have 75 become the new setting. And then gradually increase it and increase it and allow for more success, more abundance, more creativity to come in. In order to do that, though, we have to be very cognizant of what are the ways that these hidden barriers sabotage success. What are some limiting beliefs that could be behind it? Because so much of this is on the unconscious level. Like We don't wake up being like, I totally want to sabotage my success today. How would I sabotage the success for my whole life? That sounds amazing. I can't wait to do that. Right? We don't usually go into the day doing that. But we want to understand what are the unconscious beliefs around success. So I'm going to name seven common ones here and see if any of these resonate with you. Maybe there's some kind of offsprings of these that will resonate more. So do your own inner work with this to see in what ways do I have inner barriers or blocks to success. So one can be, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to be successful. Maybe you saw people around you who weren't successful or you're really dealing with this core sense of unworthiness that we've discussed in previous lessons. So this can obviously come into the way because you're not energetically aligned with success if you don't believe you're worthy of it. You know, in order to really attract something in, we need to be energetically aligned to it. We need to be a match. Second is success destroys important relationships. Now, in The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks covers this one in depth about relationships and he breaks it down into two different reasons one being disloyalty and abandonment so the unconscious mantra goes something like i cannot expand to my full success because it would cause me to end up alone uh, be disloyal to my roots and leave people from my past behind right so it'd be like my friends from high school won't like me anymore or my my family won't understand me anymore so this idea if i become successful I am going to be disloyal and abandoned. And right, we don't want to feel that we are getting outcasted from the tribe. The other relationship-related barrier would be the crime of outshining people in your family or your network. So the mantra, the unconscious mantra with this would go more around, I must not expand to my full level of success because if I did, I would outshine my my dad or my mom or my brother or my sister or my cousins or my best friend or my boss and make them look or feel bad. And it's this idea of I'm going to stay small, therefore I don't want to attract any jealousy in or any envy or resentment. 
So in this one, what can often happen is instead of shining, you go the other route. You go into the shame spiral and really cover yourself in darkness. Because if you're covered in darkness, then people only see your suffering. And so you're suffering instead of being successful and shining. Then you get empathy and sympathy from others instead of jealousy. This one can be interesting to look at in your dynamics around, do I feel safe to shine or do I feel safer to be suffering? Which one feels safer for me? Another common hidden belief around success can be people in my profession aren't successful. It's like, oh, you know, it's too hard to to be successful in my profession. I chose this because it's a labor of love, but I'm not going to be able to be successful in this area. And this then puts a cap on how, how much you can grow. Another successful people are, and fill in the blank, what do you think successful people are? Do you think they're hardworking? Do you think they're rare? Do you think they're lucky? What words come to mind when you fill in successful people are? Because if you don't feel like you are that, then it's really hard for you once again to be a match for this vibrational energy of success. And the last one I want to share is if you're successful, you're a target. So this could be if you're successful, more people are going to want to get, more people are going to be surrounded by you, more people are going to be asking you for things. So it can feel more of this burden that if I'm successful, then I may not be safe or I may be taken advantage of or more people are going to need things from me and I don't know if I can actually give them everything that they need. So these are just different beliefs. There are many other ones that can come in. There are so many more that can come in. And once again, these tend to be more unconscious. And one of the greatest psychologies of all time said, Carl Jung, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll consider it fate. So we need to bring these beliefs to our conscious mind so then we can actually work with them. And what I love about this concept of the upper limit is noticing when do you hit your upper limit of success and try to bring that temperature back down. So the idea is to incrementally increase that thermostat, right? Increase your upper limit so it goes higher and higher so you can hold more success. Now, this lesson would be incomplete if it did not have you actually think about what is success for you. Because here I am saying this word over and over, success, success. What does it mean for you? We want to define our own definition of success. Because there are definitely definitions that we've been pre-programmed with through societal conditioning, familial conditioning. And those don't have to be your definition of success. You want to really take a hard look at what is it for you to be successful in this life. So for me, I, my definition of success is pretty simple. Success for me is freedom to do what I love, be aligned with my sole purpose, always be learning something new, and making an impact while I'm healthy. So success for me is making sure that I prioritize my self-care. And that means I have to set boundaries with myself and with others in order to make sure I have the time and the space in order to do that. And I do want to add in another for me, is success is being aligned with my values. I said my sole purpose, and, and another way of saying that is my values. Am I living according to my values? 
because that is where I truly think our success lies. And we're all unique. We all have different values. That is what's so beautiful because we all make different contributions because we have different values. And I want to end this lesson with one of my favorite excerpts from the book, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. This book is a reflections on the principle of a course of miracles. And this widely cited passage goes, quote, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. End quote. That is it. That is it. This is so beautiful. It's our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. So let's dial up our thermostats and increase our upper limits so we can hold more love, more financial abundance, more creativity and success in our lives. And if you want support to cultivate the courage to face your own fears in recovery, head over to www.jointhecourageclub.com to get on the waitlist for The Courage Club. The Courage Club is a personalized support system and a supportive community to uplift you every step of the way. Picture yourself surrounded by a community of resilient warriors who genuinely care about your progress and will celebrate every victory, no matter how small, and are walking on a similar path to full eating disorder recovery. Inside, we are tackling struggles with food, body image concerns, and negative thought patterns. Head over to www.jointhecourageclub.com and embrace the journey towards a healthier and happier you. Thank you for tuning in today. And remember that fear doesn't have to hold you back. You can live with greater courage and take back your precious power.